Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I'll give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Melanie. She is a former Disney face character, and she is asexual and a Twitch streamer. She goes by Magical Girl Melanie online. So I'm excited to have her here today and talk about all the good things she's got going on in her life. So thank you so much, Melanie. Why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Hey, uh, yep, I'm Melanie. Um, I do online content creation. Um, Twitch is definitely like my favorite thing that I like doing. Um, I play old Nintendo games over there that I never got to play as a kid because I didn't have a Nintendo 64. Uh, So it's kind of like a fun community building activity because people are always like, oh my God, I remember when I was a kid and I did this. Um, I also make videos on TikTok. Um, You know, I post them over to Instagram Reels. And I remember (laughs) I want to have a YouTube channel eventually. I'm just uh, imposter syndrome. It's kind of tough with that. Um, But yeah, like Sarah said, um, I was a Disney performer for eight years. Um, I started at Disneyland in California. I worked at Disney World and I even worked at Disneyland Paris for 10 days for a special event. Um, So that was it was pretty wild. And um, I've been a flight attendant I've done like I used to joke around like if there's like a weird job out there that people are like, oh, I wonder I wonder how people end up doing that. Like I've probably done it like I have a mermaid tail. So (laughs) I'm like one of those kinds of people. (laughs) So you obviously spent like a good chunk of time working for Disney. Was that something that you had always dreamed of doing? Um, Yes and no. I think when people hear. Like my how heavy the like Disney job obsession went um their first assumption is that like I'm from like a quote-unquote like Disney family like oh you guys went on vacation there all the time and like it was just like the natural progression that like you would want to work there um but my family was not into Disney we went to Disney one time when I was I think I was five and my brother was like three and it was like the okay, we're like a middle-class family with two young kids. I guess we should go to Disney World, like kind of thing. Um, So it's not like it was like a bad trip. Like we still laugh at some of the the cute videos that we have from that. But definitely it was very much so my parents were like, all right, cool, we did it. And it wasn't like, we should go again. We should go all the time. Like it wasn't really on the radar. Um, When I was 15, almost 16, uh, my best friend her aunt and uncle live in California and they invited us out for two weeks to um, just go everywhere in like Southern California and show us around. And um, I was super excited and we got out there and I asked like, Oh, are we going to go to to Disneyland? Because I had had like internet friends because I was uh, a Harry Potter person. So I had internet friends out there that like I saw how much they would go to Disneyland and stuff. And I was like, oh, it looks really fun. She's like, yeah, we're going to go there, but we're going there literally last because you won't want to go anywhere else. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Um, So we went and I was just like tennis ball eyes like, oh, my gosh, like like this is it. Like this is it for me. And um, in 2007, that movie Enchanted came out with Amy Adams where 
it's like it is a Disney movie, but it's a Disney parody movie. Like if you're not familiar with it, where it starts a cartoon and then she falls down the well and she's like the princess in New York City. It's Amy Adams. Um, I started imitating that movie and I got really good at it. I really, really loved that movie. Um, also, spoiler alert, I know now that I'm on the autism spectrum, but I didn't know any of this then. So it does make the the Disney job and the enchanted hyperfixation thing make a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> so I started imitating Giselle and then the whole Disneyland thing happened and it kind of clicked that I was like, oh my gosh, you can get paid to do that. Like I could get paid to impersonate Disney characters. Like I'm so good at it. Like I have to do that. Um, and then that kind of just like became my whole personality from like, 16 to 19 <laughs> it was all i thought about was trying to work at disney world um and i had a tumblr blog and i would uh it wasn't like a disney tumblr blog it was like my personal blog but most of it was like me talking about like you know positivity and like following your dreams and um i have slightly different opinions on that now at 30 than i did at say 17 <laughs> but uh yeah, that's kind of how it started. If I, I feel like that's kind of a long answer, but no, the Disney obsession was uh, unfortunately self-cultivated. <laughs> right. So then how did you get that first job at Disney? Uh, so I was in college. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, so you had to be at the time at Disney world, you had to be 18 to audition. So, um, I want to say I was 18. And I know the first time I auditioned was either, I think it was in like a December and I, I flew down, I flew down and I had this whole plan and this was when tangled came out. So that, if that gives you a timeline, so that sounds like a long time ago, but I remember like Rapunzel was like the new character and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the, Vicky's very weird Christmas party. I'm going to meet Rapunzel, which will be so cool. Like she just came out and like, I'll go to the audition. And then like, you know, even if nothing happens at the audition, at least I'll be excited. Cause I get to go to the Christmas party that night. And it was like the solo trip that I had, uh, I, I worked at like the mall or whatever. So I had, you know, saved up money and I went down and did this. This was just to be clear. My, my, my parents weren't necessarily like funding my, my Disney crazy crazy audition thing um but like you know i had like student loans and i like worked during college and stuff so like i'm not gonna act like it didn't take a hit and i sh like, that i shouldn't should have been doing it but uh it wasn't like a, a parental funded activity necessarily so um so i flew down there and i go to the audition and of course it's like i don't know whatever year tangled came out and like, you could not go on the internet and be like, what is a Disney audition like? Like, no one would tell you. There was, there was absolutely nothing. Um, so you go and you, you sign in and they measure you and they write down your height and they give you a number and then you wait there and there's girls like in their like dance attire and they're like stretching and like doing their warmups. Um, there's absolutely no reason to be doing any of that because the audition to be a Disney face character, which if you're listening to this and you're like, what does that mean? That would be like any of the characters where like you can see their face, right? It's like wig, makeup, 
So not necessarily Mickey and Minnie and stuff. It's the characters that that talk, um, which even if you get that role, you also play the characters, at least in Florida, you still play the characters that don't talk. But you're at the, the audition specifically hoping to get one of these roles as well. Um, the audition consists of standing in a line and smiling. And that's it. Uh, and then convincing yourself that absolutely in no way is this going to affect your self-image. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. This won't get this won't get to me at all. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, it will. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I stood there in that line. I flew there from probably from New Jersey because it was December. So I was probably on Christmas break or whatever. And I smiled and, and then I got cut along with 97 percent of the other people. They'll keep maybe two people from your standing in a line and smiling. You are not reading lines. You are not dancing. You are, nope. You just stand there and you smile based on what you, what you look like. And they'll tell you, oh, you know. They, also, they wouldn't tell you what characters they were auditioning for. It was just a maybe. So they used to tell you, they used to give you the speech like, oh, you could be here and be the perfect Ariel, but if we're only casting Tinkerbell that day, then you know, we're not going to pick you. So like, come back and try again, which I didn't need to be hearing that. <laughs> um, and they used to tell you, you couldn't audition if you, if you got turned down that you were supposed to like wait six months before you came back. But a lot of people didn't follow that rule. Um, so yeah, I went, I got turned down. Uh, I got turned down 12 more times. And by that, I mean, like, I had talked to other people where they would show up and they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I've gotten picked before. They put me in the costume and then, like, I didn't hear back, you know, and that was eight months ago. So now I'm back trying again. Oh, not me. Nope, not me. Never was picked for a single, never got past a single first round, nothing. Um, so I didn't think that this was like a forever job. I was like, I was in school for film. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll get like Disney on my resume and stuff. And then like. I don't know. Maybe that'll help me. This, this is like a fun, it'll be like a fun summer job thing to like say I did it. Right. Cause I just knew I'd be so perfect at it. So I applied for the Disney college program in Florida and, um, didn't, didn't get rejected. Just never nothing. I like interviewed. And then I just was never contacted. I wasn't waitlisted. I didn't get a no, I didn't get a yes. And that was insane. Cause like the Disney college program is not hard to get into. Uh, and like, yeah, I had applied for performer, but I also had applied for like regular jobs and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, that's insane. And I like took that as a sign that I was like, I, I'm not supposed to work down there clearly. Like that's just nuts. Um, so I was online. This is where the story gets really nuts. I was online and I was looking at the Disneyland California job postings, which was my real one true love, right? That was what made me fall in love with Disney, uh, Florida was closer. It was bigger. And Disneyland was like this little elite bubble, like, you know, Disneyland that it felt like they had like 12 people employed there as characters or whatever, because there, there were so few of them. Like they were very, very, very picky about their characters there. And um, and so I was like, oh, you know, I, I could never, ever get cast there. That would be crazy. Like, I can't even get hired in Florida. There's no way. So it wasn't like I was like, well, I'm just going to go to California and maybe they'll say yes to me. I was just looking for like regular jobs. 
So a job got posted that was for a stable hand, um, taking care of horses, which I was a horse girl. I had horse experience and I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. Like, I'm just, I'm going to apply like, ha ha ha. It was, so it wasn't through the Disney college program or anything. It was just like a part-time stable hand job. So I apply and I got an email offering me an interview and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So of course I emailed them back because, because also right. This is now the 12 auditions. It's been like two years of auditioning or whatever. And I've, I've never, I've never gotten anywhere. Like I got in the college program interview and I didn't get in, like I've gotten zero positive anything from them. So they're like, yeah, we'll interview you for this stable hand job. And I'm like, okay, amazing. Um, I'm in college in Georgia. So like, can we do it on the phone? And they said, no. Oh my God. Uh, so, you know, I had my little Tumblr blog and I was like, guys, you're not going to believe this. Like I actually got like, uh, yeah, we want to interview you for this position that like, I think would be really fun for me and I'd be really good at it. And like, I can't, and I can't go now. I can't go. And people were like, well, why aren't you going? So I go, well, it's, it's in California and like, I'm in college and, uh, I know that I talk about like following your dreams and all that. And, you know, if you fall down, get up again. And, you know, if you really want something, you just have to try harder and all that, which again, if you can't tell by my tone of voice, is it necessarily the philosophy I believe now? Um, but I said, that being said, I cannot drop $500 on a plane ticket to fly to California to interview for a minimum wage job that I might not even get. Like that's, I have to draw the line there. And so um, other people, again, I can't emphasize this enough. I never once asked anybody for money. I was never going to do that. They were like, well, what if people like gave you the money? Like people would, you know, it was like Tumblr. They would like write in like the anonymous boxes. I don't know if it still has that probably does. Um, and I was like, I mean, I, I, I guess. And I was like, but I don't, I don't really feel comfortable asking people for money. And like, what happens if people send me money and I don't have enough to buy a plane ticket? Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? Like, does it even let me send money back to people. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really comfortable with that. And so people were like, well, pick a charity and just like, you know, if people are comfortable, if they want to donate to you, they can, if you don't get enough and you can't go, then you'll, it'll go to like the assigned charity. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. Cause I had, I had a place to stay. I had a friend that worked at Disneyland. Um, so literally it was just the plane ticket was all I needed. Um, and within two hours I had, the plane ticket. Um, so I fly out there and I remember like crying on the plane and being like, Oh my God, I think the internet is my fairy godmother. Like this is insane. You know, like this is nuts. So of course, like I filmed it all. I documented it all. I still have those videos are all privated on YouTube. I should like bring them. I should bring parts of them back. I think it would be pretty funny. Uh, every so often I'll get a comment on TikTok That's like, I think I followed you on Tumblr and it, always blows my mind. It's crazy to me. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I go out there, I go to the interview, they interview me and the lady looks at me and she goes, so, cause of course I explain like, yes, I do live in Georgia. Like that's my address, but like I can move out here. I already have a living situation that I could do and everything. And she goes, okay, well this position requires a second interview. And I'm like, I mean, there's no way I'm pulling that off twice, you know? And she goes, but what I can do is I can interview you for merchandise and attractions because those are just one interview roles. And we also have 
positions open there because this was in, you know, 2012 when, so it was the same year that they were going to like reopen California adventure with cars land. So the park had been under construction for a long time and they had like a lot of new positions to fill. So I was like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally great. So I do the interview for those. I go home, you know, a few weeks later, I get a phone call like in the craft store telling me that I had been accepted for an attractions role at Disneyland. And I was like freaking out, of course, I was freaking out. Um, so I go out there. Um, I took this is where I like I took like one semester off from school that I was like, OK, so I'll, I'll work out there and then like I'll go back. Um, and my my rule was if I got into entertainment, then I would stay longer and I would take online classes. That was my plan. So I go out there and the way that like Disney orientation works is that it's kind of like a funnel, like everybody does traditions, which is the like brainwashing. We, we love Disney, the Disney traditions, you know, you were felt this way as a kid. Now you're going to make other people feel that way, blah, blah, blah. And it like funnels down and then it'll be like, welcome to operations. Like if you're attractions, then it'll be like, you know, your attractions training or whatever. And so you, you get your ID at the end of traditions. Like technically you need to go through traditions and be handed that ID for you to be a cast member. So, uh, so I go out there and I noticed that there is a character audition and at Disneyland, they only did them maybe every six months and it's in Southern California versus Florida that had them every single Thursday, regardless of if they're hiring or not every single Thursday at the time. I don't think they do it like that anymore. So I'm like, of course, like tempted, right? Like I want to go. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get anything. Um, because for one, it was a fur character audition and it was for very, very tall people and very, very short people. I'm neither of those things. So I remember sitting there being like, why would you even go to an audition? That's literally not even labeled for you. Um, well, because my friends that worked there, some of them were character hosts and character hosts are kind of like character attendants in Florida, except more fun because it's a cross-trained role. So you can be a character and a host, or you could be just a host, or you might be a host and a face character or like whatever. And so there's like, some of the roles are a little more interactive. Like when they had Merida out and like people were like trained to do the accent and everything in the bow and arrow, like those were character hosts or they had like a whole Halloween tent thing one year where there was like a whole like monologue you would have to do before like the characters would come out. Like that was a character host. So I had heard if you went to a character audition and you were good enough, but you were the wrong height, sometimes they would ask you to be a character host. So I go to this audition. I do the whole, the whole, like this one, you actually get to do stuff, right? Because it's for character performers. It's not what you look like. It's just your height range. And like, essentially you're like pantomime skills and they give you like ridiculous scenarios and you have to like, you know, pantomime it. They might be like build a tent or something, you know, I don't even remember what it was. So I get all the way to the end and they like pull me and like four other people aside and they're like, Hey, so you guys are the wrong height. Uh, do you want to interview to be a character host? And I was like, well, golly gee whiz, uh, sure, why not? That sounds swell. <laughs> um, I felt really bad for this one guy. He was like, I'm already a character host. And I was like, oh, ouch. Oh, if that was me, I would simply uh, evaporate on the spot. Because I'd be like, cool, you guys don't even care about me enough. You didn't even realize I already work here. Love that. 
Um, I still think about that. That sucks so bad. So he was a character host and he wanted to be a character. But then you know what? He knew he was the wrong height. He should have known better. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have gone. So anyway. So they bring us into a room and they're like, okay, so we're gonna go around the room and just say, like, say your name, uh, and like something interesting about yourself. And I was like, I think this is it. And I could tell that other people there thought this was like an introduction. And I was like, this is probably it. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do anything else. And so I was just like, hi, I'm Melanie. And my fun fact is that I can swim like a mermaid. I didn't want to say I had a mermaid tail. I didn't want to go too far and make it sound like I was like, oh my God, I'm Ariel. Make me Ariel. Cause I, I really wanted to be Ariel. She's who I wanted to be. Um, and so they left and then they came back and they were like, Okay, yeah, so here's the paperwork. So I didn't say anything. I had traditions the next day. I said nothing. Because technically, if you already work somewhere, you have to wait, I think it was like at least four months to transfer. Well, I wasn't a cast member. I didn't have an ID, right? So they came back and I said, so I have traditions tomorrow. So I waited till they were like giving me the hiring paper. I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to go to traditions for like a different role. And the, the casting agent was like, okay, hold, you know, let me figure something else out. She's like, I'm gonna call you tomorrow. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right. Like I tried, we'll wait and see. So I'm at traditions. I get a call during my lunch and she just said, Hey, so you're supposed to go to welcome to operations tomorrow. And I was like, great. She says, just go to welcome to entertainment instead. Great. Cool. So it's like, I haven't even started yet. And I got into the department that I wanted to be in. So it was crazy because it was like years of like pushing and pushing and pushing it. It was this wall and it was nothing. Right. And then all of a sudden, Within like a few days, I was out there and it was like, bam, 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 I'm in the department that I want. And at this point, right, I'm like, I'm never going to be a character because the likelihood, like if you're sitting there going, oh, well, couldn't you still just do the characters that don't talk? So I was five, seven. And so when you're at Disney, it's called your VIP. You have a VIP. So like if you're if you're uh, Mickey and Minnie height, right, Mickey and Minnie are your VIP characters. So those are the main characters that you get scheduled on. And your height is based on, but you might do, you know, a different character that day. So I was Pluto height. But the problem is, if most people are getting hired to do more, like, uh, more than one thing, right? All the people that are like five, seven that are Pluto height are also like dancers and stuff. I'm not a dancer. I'm a terrible dancer. Or like the princesses are five, seven. So I'm like, there, there were people there that only did like Pluto characters. And that's more common in California and Florida not as much, but I was like the likelihood of them hiring me just to do that height range and not be a dancer or a face character. I was like, I'm just not going to get in. I just don't think I will. So I wasn't like mad or like pining, like, Oh, I need to try harder to be a character. I was like, I'm in entertainment. Like I did it. Like I'm going to be doing the same kind of stuff that I wanted to do anyway. I'm just going to be doing it with a name tag on, you know, I'm going to be so good at this job. And I did. I loved it. I loved being a character host. Like to this day, if I if I like had unlimited money, like that would be like my fun job that I'd be like, oh, I, I really, really liked it. Um, so I had the training and everything. And then they had it, it was kind of awkward because they weren't really planning to hire a host like that soon. So they like put me in the welcome entertainment. And so then I had an ID and it was like almost three weeks before I actually was like trained for my job because they were like, well, we were hiring. We weren't expecting you to like start tomorrow. So it was kind of funny. Um, so I finally, I get trained to be a host. I'm loving it. I'm super happy. And then they had 
an audition for face characters, character lookalikes, as they're officially called. And I was like, I can't not go. Like, again, I'm like, there's no, no way I'm going to get it. It's California. I've already been turned down in Florida so many times. And I forgot to mention the part where like the 12th audition, I finally went up to the casting agent and was like, look, I've heard that whole spiel. You could be here at the wrong time. Have I been here at the wrong time 12 times? Or like, is it something else? So I always say that, like, I started this conversation. They weren't like, you, we hate you, stop coming. Like, I went up to her and she said that I just did it. I didn't look like a Disney character. And she was like, you could come to, like, one of our dance auditions. And, of course, I'm there being like, no, I can't. I can't do that. And then for some reason, I guess because I'm, like, you know, 19 years old and a fool, I was like, well, like, why don't I look like a Disney character? Which, like... So she told me my eyes were too round, which I thought was insane. Uh, but I, I remember sitting in my car and, of course, sobbing and thinking, how could my eyes be too round? And she's telling me I look too much like a cartoon to play a cartoon. No, I'm an adult now. I know what that means. What that means is that is a ready-made excuse because you can't look somebody in the face and say, your teeth aren't straight or your nose is the wrong shape. Because then what happens when I get braces or I go and get a nose job and come back? Like, you can't, you can't do that. Right. You can't be responsible for that. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was, because at the time my teeth weren't straight. I don't think it was my teeth. I think it's my profile. But anyway, so that was the mindset I'm in when I go to this audition, which, again, they have them every six months, if that. And there it's Southern California. So everybody's an actor. So there's like 700 people at this thing. Maybe there was at least at least 500 by the time like I got in and they were still handing them out. Uh, and they wouldn't, they, there were so many people, they wouldn't even give you a number. They like called people into the room and they had numbers on the floor and they would call people like row by row. And I went with my roommate at the time. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, nothing's going to happen, but I can't not go. And like, I've never been to a Disneyland one. Like maybe it's different. You know, I'm just being curious. And I remember I had this moment where like, before it was my turn in line, I like turned around and like looked at my roommate and just like, made this like weird face at her. I was like, ah, you know, this is an audio podcast. So I'm just very, a very ridiculous, ugly looking face. Uh, and then I walk up and it's my, my turn. And they, they called my number on the floor and I like basically stopped breathing. I was like, and then, and then it was, it was literally like an out of body experience, like watching everyone else leave the room. And, and that had always been me. I'd never made it past a single round. Everyone else leave. And I was directed to a different part of the room with, you know, three other people, if that or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, now what? Like, I don't even know, you know, and so then they're talking to us and they're like, OK, you know, the next step is you're going to be reading for the character that we we think that you're a good fit for. And uh, so, we're, you know, they go to hand it and I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the moment like who do I look like? What is it going to be? You know, I've, I've wanted this so bad. So they handed it to me, I look at it and it says Drizella. And I was like, Oh my God, what? But my first thought wasn't like, they think I'm ugly. My first thought, because I loved watching YouTube videos of characters, right. Was like, those girls are funny. I'm not funny. What am I going to do? Like the girl over here with, you know, Ariel or Tinkerbell or whoever, like, oh my God, that's so easy. But like, I'm not funny. What am I going to do? 
So I'm, I'm like walking around and I'm kind of like looking over like everyone's shoulders, like, okay, what are they reading for? What are they reading for? I'm the only one with Drizella. And I'm like, all right, don't fuck it up. Like, it's like, it's just me. Don't fuck it up. And you should have this, right? So in California at the time, I don't know if they do it differently now, but they didn't even used to put you in the costume. They said they would like do it virtually. I don't know. I think they probably are just like, mm, we're California. We know what we know. We like what we like. We know what we're doing. Uh, and it was also awkward because it wasn't just like, like when I went to Florida where you, where you're reading just like you in front of the casting director and they're giving you notes. Like they called me into the room and there was the casting agent sitting there. And then the other people that I was auditioning with, which they're auditioning boys for Mad Hatter. So there was like four boys there and then like one person for Cruella and me. And I'm like, okay. And so the Drizella lines are all like, they're all based around Cinderella three, which is why the characters were put in the park. Originally, they were supposed to be like a temporary offering to like advertise Cinderella three. People love them. So they stayed. But so the whole monologue is like around kind of lines about that movie, about them like stealing fairy godmother's wand and all this. But so like, I just remember the Drizella line is like, what's a girl got to do to get a husband? Like, where's all the men? Like all this. So like I walk up and I'm holding it and I'm like looking the casting agent in the face and she's like, okay, Melanie, like you can't go too big with this. And I'm like, okay, like that's what she said. So I turned around and I actually started with like my back to them and was like, where's all the men? What's a girl got to do to get a husband? And then I turned around, saw all the boys standing right there in the side and went like, <gasps> like completely like changed my demeanor and like waved at them and was like, oh, you know, and I did the rest of it. And then I just remember, again, it felt like out of body. It felt like at that point I was watching myself. I was like, all right, just going to like give it everything again. I like stomped my foot, threw my arms up, crossed my arms, made this face like who's with just like the biggest pout I could give. And I was like, okay, I guess that's, I guess that's it. The thing I've been waiting, what feels like my whole life for that, you know, I felt like nobody would give me a chance. Nobody would even let me try. And then we left the room and I, and I was outside and they called in some of the boys by themselves and they came out and they were like, yeah, we didn't get it. And I was like, okay. And I remember the girl that did Cruella, she was amazing. And I was like, whatever group they call her in, I want to be in that group. She was so good. Well, they called me in by myself and I'm like, oh my God. So I come in and um, she just goes, okay, well, this is just a little different because like you already work here. So um, the training will just show up on your schedule. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and then I asked if I could hug her. Uh, and she said yes, which was very nice of her. So I gave her a hug. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so I left and I remember calling my mom, like I'm backstage um, cause my roommate drove me, you'll remember. And, um, she didn't get picked for anything. And so I was like, wow, which again is also like a flip of the script because it was always like people joke around all the time. You ask performers, so many people have a story that they're like, oh, I went with this person that's like obsessed with it. And they've been performing their whole life. And then you're just like, oh, I just drove her here. And they'll be like, you, you're the perfect princess I've ever seen. And then the person that like wants it really bad, they like kick them out. So I was like, oh my God, they're like that's happening to me in reverse today. Incredible. 
So I'm like waiting for the little backstage tram because I, I did live within like I actually rode my bike usually to work. So like it wasn't a big deal to walk home or anything. But like I remember calling my mom and I was like, Mom, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a face character and you know, crying my eyes out or whatever. Um, so even if I'm a little bit negative or jaded about Disney now, um, there's something about Disneyland when I go there, like it's I mean, like that full brainwash will never quite leave me. Like it really it was quite literally the place where my dream came true. Um so that's how it happened. So I said, okay, well, I guess I'll stay longer. And then I said, uh, so the stepsisters are actually in the Christmas parade. So I was like, well, I'll try to audition for the Christmas parade. And if I get into that, then I'll stay a little longer. And I, and I did. So I ended up out there almost a full year. And then I did have to leave to, because it was either, again, I was in school for film. So I, I ran out of online classes I could take. Right. So I either had to drop out of school or I had to leave and go back. And I did leave and go back. Uh, and I cried about it every day, but, <laughs> um, so that's how I ended up getting hired. So to this day, I, I actually kind of wonder, even when I was at that host audition, if they, if she kind of like looks at people and thinks like, mm, I might save that person in my back pocket. Like I might need them for something else later since we were cross-trained. Um, but the other girls that were stepsisters, like they were like called and asked to audition. So I don't know, maybe I showed up that day and she was like, Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, let's choose her for other stuff. Um, and years later, when I was doing that special event, because she was the California person, of course, uh, I had to get flown out to California for like a costume fitting. And I saw her there and I was like, hey. And I was like, I just wanted to say again, like, I was like, I don't know if you even remember me, but I'm like, you're the one that hired me. And like, I wouldn't be here today if you didn't give me a chance. And she was like, oh yeah, you were really good. It was a no brainer. Like, like it was like super casual and I was just like very moved by that. But also sadly, um, it's probably the only compliment I've ever gotten from like Disney casting or anybody. So it definitely meant, it meant a lot. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was crazy because the other thing is, um, in Florida, again, disclaimer, I don't know if they still do it like this, but at the time, you could be at the Florida audition and they would put you in the costume after you, you, they put you in the costume and look at you, the pe the people, the cosmetologist would do your makeup. Um, and then you would do your reading in the costume and they would take your pictures. So even if you were perfect and they loved you and they wanted to hire you on the spot, they could not, they had to send those pictures to California, the motherland and California would, would essentially was supposed to look at the picture of the girl from Florida and look at their girls and say, okay, yeah, you match us. So we'll let you hire them. So the irony was that I was told in Florida, I didn't look like a Disney character. And then I became Drizella out there ended up being like the most cast days Drizella at the time. Um, Cause you weren't, it wasn't bidding. It wasn't seniority. Like they gave you in California what they wanted you to do. And I ended up with the most days and so that meant that anyone they wanted to hire to be Drizella in Florida was supposed to look like me. So <laughs> I, I do I do enjoy that on a on a bad day. I think about that, that they were technically supposed to be hiring people that looked like me when they told me they would never hire me, uh, which is the only reason that I got to work in Florida later is because you can take again. I don't know if they're still like this, but the rule at the time was you could take your California face characters 
to Florida, no questions asked. They would they would let you if you wanted to transfer and they approved your transfer, you could take those characters there. But if you work in Florida and you want to transfer to California, there is no guarantee they will let you do those characters in California. So, uh, yeah, that's the story of how my dream came true. <laughs> right, California did it's it. It's really for long, you. but it's like the best story I have. <laughs> and that's okay. So you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how you're sour on Disney now, how, you know, your opinions on yourself definitely changed and how, you know, 12 rejections and all of that. So can you talk about where you are now with how you feel about Disney and post base character experience, what that means? Yeah. And and I I also want to make it clear that when I when I talk about the the negative side of Disney or like more so the reality of what it is, I'm not ever trying to yuck people's yum. I'm not saying like you're a bad person if you like Disney or you shouldn't want to go to Disney World anymore. Like I said, I still I still like going to Disneyland especially. I get super excited, you know. I like Epcot. I would be happy to go on another Disney cruise. Um but I do believe a big factor is like voting you know, voting with your dollar is definitely a thing, but like public pressure is the biggest thing of all. Uh, Disney is a huge corporation like everyone else. Uh, they want the good press, but they are not going to change for their employees sake like anyone else. What they do change for is when the people that are spending money on them are giving them a bad rep and are outraged. So I kind of said before about how like the Disney audition process, you know, you couldn't look it up. You couldn't find stories from anybody that worked there. Even now, even now, like there's starting to be more people like me, but you'll still see sometimes I'll get comments, you know, I can't believe you would say stuff like this. You're breaking the magic. You're not supposed to tell people you worked there. And who does that benefit them? It only benefits them because they want to keep people quiet and it's all under the guise of, well, it's part of the magic. It's part of protecting the character integrity. You can't, you can't talk about it. Okay. Where? I don't work there anymore. I never signed an NDA. Okay. If I did, they would pay me way more money. So most of the problems is it does, it comes down to pay. Right. So when I say like, oh, I, I'm unhappy about it, there was not a single day, not once, not if I was sick, not if it was hot, nothing where I thought I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to perform. I don't want to be the stepsisters. Um, oh, I played both stepsisters. So I was cast as Drizella. Um, and then in the middle of the like training, they were like, by the way, you're both of them. It was a wild experience. I technically was not actually taught how to be Anastasia until I went to Florida again. They probably don't do it like that anymore, uh, but it was 2012. It was we went rogue, so I like taught myself how to be Anastasia. Um, so, um, you know, I never, ever, ever was bored of doing it. It was com- always the internal aspects of it, the way that management made us feel, the way the upper levels made us feel, um, and it was it was the pay. It was the pay ten thousand percent. Uh, so you get a base rate, you have a base rate pay, which would be like when you're a fur character or like in my case, when I was a host, and then you get what's called a premium. If you're, it would be like face pay premium. So if you came in and you were working your face character that day, you made more money. Um, which is also why when I did my special event in Paris, I actually did it as a fur character. 
So uh, even though I was sent to Paris, I lost money working that because I was not getting my face premium. But if I had been at home, I would have been making my face premium. So it's crazy. Um, so with my face premium in uh, 2014 in Florida. So again, when I was in California, I was pretty happy, right? I technically still had, I had saved money from student loans. Uh, I was not old enough to drink. I didn't go out anywhere. I didn't do anything. All I did was go to work at Disneyland, was very happy, come home, did school on my computer. And on my day off, I would go to Disneyland. So pretty much my biggest expense would be if I wanted to eat food at Disneyland. Um, So I didn't really have too much of a problem there. That being said, was my bedroom a living room with curtains up? Yes. And like I said, I didn't, I had a car, but I didn't drive it anywhere. Uh, I rode my bike to work. So my expenses were very low. They were very low, even though I was living in California. So I didn't really have this problem then. Um, In Florida, also the California minimum wage is higher, of course. So I think I made closer to $15 an hour when I was a face character. But when I was in the parade, I made minimum wage because the premiums work differently out there and I was not paid to talk, which is, is wild how they get away with that. Um, so in California, all the parade performers want to do meet and greets. And in Florida, all the meet and greet people want to do parades. It's a mess. So I, um, uh, in Florida, I made about $12 and some change when I was a face character. Uh, it was like maybe a $2 premium or something. I think I made 10 something as a fur character. And so I had to grapple with this problem with myself that I was doing my dream job. I loved it. I loved my job. All I did, I realize now it was unhealthy. All I really did was go to work and come home and watch TV. And then I would go to work. I didn't even really like go to the parks like for fun, like on my own or anything anymore, really in Florida. But I loved going to work. And I also needed to go to work because I didn't have any money. Um, But like everyone talks about dream jobs and everything growing up. Oh, follow your dreams. Even when I was a flight attendant and I said I wanted to quit, people were like, well, what's your dream? What's your dream job? And I was like, nope, that doesn't work. Already had it. Already did it. Because when you talk about dream jobs, everyone always implies like your dream job has to be like a doctor, a lawyer, you know, what, whatever, something, something that people traditionally think of as making a lot of money. Okay. What happens when your dream job pays you $12 an hour? I was getting paid $12 an hour. And I was like, this is the thing I am best at in life. This is the thing I love the most. And it was, and I, to this day, I still think that is the thing that I was best at. Um, but I, I couldn't support myself. And so I had to like, look that in the face and be like, what does that mean? Um, and I knew that I had to start looking for another job when it got to the point where I was looking in the mirror and thinking maybe if my nose was cuter, I could pay my bills better because the characters that I played had two shifts a day. Cinderella had about 17 shifts a day. So you start thinking, well, maybe if they would let me play other characters, maybe then I could get overtime. Still is not, it's still not the right answer, obviously. Cinderella's not making more money than me, but she had more shift opportunities. And, um, I knew, I knew that was wrong, that I, sh- I shouldn't be thinking of myself that way. Because when I was in California, maybe for a second, right, I was like, oh my God, what if they asked me to be a stepsister because like they think I'm ugly? And then I was like, that's insane. Disneyland doesn't hire ugly people, 
right? Like I said, there was like, it felt like there was like 12 people working there. Um, there was no way, there's no way. And, uh, fake it till you make it. I used to think I wasn't funny. Well, nope. I don't think that anymore. Um, <laughs> and also when you're walking around jokingly being like, I'm so hot, I'm so pretty. I'm amazing. The only reason I'm not married is because I'm so picky. Uh, you start to believe a little bit of, of that stuff. Like if you're saying that all day and pretending it's awesome. Uh, the flip side of that is when you're in Florida and you're doing it six days a week and people are calling you ugly and nasty to your face. Doesn't feel so good. Doesn't feel so good all the time. And a lot of the other girls that I worked with, they played a princess and a stepsister. And so for them, it's like, oh man, it's so fun. You know, I love everyone wanted to be a stepsister because we could call, say it like it is. We're funny. I want to make this clear as well. I would never, ever, ever, ever trade even one of the stepsisters for a princess. I would not have been willing to give that up. Like, I didn't want to be Elsa. But if I had gotten cast as Elsa, I would have been super thankful to pay my bills better. But, like, I would have tried to trade all my Elsa shifts for a stepsister, for sure. I would have been grateful, but I still would have preferred to be a stepsister. So it was never about being like, I don't want to be this character. I don't like them. Uh, I love them so much. I love them so much. And she'll always be a huge part of me. It's almost like a chicken and the egg scenario. I don't know if I'm like this because I played her so long or if that's why I was so good at playing her because that's just how I am. Um, but so the thing is, to this day, as far as I know, if there's a girl that plays a princess and a stepsister, then she was hired either both at the same time. She came in and they were like, you're going to be Ariel and you're going to be Anastasia or whatever. Or they started as a princess and then either uh, mentioned they didn't have enough shifts or they were being aged out of being a princess and they are given a stepsister as like a, here, have that. Never once has there been a girl that they hired only as a stepsister that later got to be a princess. Make it make sense. If we're all supposed to look the same and one girl's allowed to play five princesses and I'm not allowed to play one, Make it make sense. Then how does she look like me? I look like her. That's nuts. And then, of course, it's like, well, don't take it personally. Okay, how? How am I supposed to not take that personally? Right? But I was, I was also, like, so brainwashed that I, like, convinced myself. I'd be like, no, I know. I know I shouldn't take it personally. No, I'm allowed to be mad about that. And I am. And it took a really long time for me to change my thinking from you're not pretty enough to be a princess. You're not good enough to be a princess. Um, and when people would say, oh my gosh, you're too pretty to be a, an ugly stepsister. You should have been a princess. And I'd be like, yeah. And I would, I'd be sad or I'd be angry when people would say stuff like that to me because it was opening a wound I already had, right? Um, to change my thinking now to the casting agents are bad at their job. I look incredible in princesses, but I'm not delusional. I don't think I look perfect as every single princess, but there's some that I'm like, there is no way on earth that I wasn't uh, good enough for this. Like you guys can't look past makeup. You can't do anything. It's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, it's that. And like, it's in terms of like, when you said, changing how I felt about the like, oh, you just have to want it bad enough. You just have to try harder. Um, Monsters University actually hit me really hard because that's kind of Mike Wazowski's storyline in that. I actually, like, I collect Mike Wazowski stuff. He's my favorite Disney character. 
Um, because you, of course the movie starts and he's like, I'm going to be a scarer. And it's like, no, you're not like, you know, that, you know, that watching the whole movie that it doesn't matter that like, he knows more about it, likes it more than everyone else. He's not going to get it. He's never going to get it because of other people's opinions on him that he can't change. Um, which was exactly what happened to me. And what does he do is he ends up just changing the narrative and he kind of invents his own job that's like better. And then of course, if you think about Monsters, Inc., ultimately at the end of the day, he ends up being the ones that goes to the door anyhow. But he's like doing it on his own terms. So that's why I like him so much. Um, But that that was kind of it for me is that I look back on that and think, I didn't get the job because I deserved it or because I earned it, or I wanted it harder. At the end of the day, I was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. I was very skinny, and I'm white, and they liked what my face looked like. That's it. And it doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for what I did, but it is not this special job that we should put up on a pedestal, because I did nothing to earn it, except look a certain way. So that's how that's how I feel now, is that I would say that, is that, like, yeah, you can sit there all day and be like, Oh, just because, you know, everyone's heard that speech a million times at the Disney auditions. Just because we you don't get picked and we don't think you look like a cartoon character doesn't mean you're not pretty. Sure. In theory. <laughs> Still going to make you feel that way anyway. <laughs> yes. And it, it's like, as you shared everything, you know, you had those good experiences and you're in a better place now, like about it mentally. And as you were sharing about Mike Wazowski, like, they were kind of writing their own like stories and how they treat some of like the actual employees into that movie. Um, so I do want to give you a chance to talk about things other than Disney world. If you would like, before we start to wrap things up, whether streaming, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, having autism, being asexual, whatever you would like to share with the listeners here at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, they were like, you know, people joke around off being like, oh, no, like TikTok diagnosed me with autism or like ADHD. But like I had been suspicious that I had ADHD before TikTok. TikTok did not help. Um, So I went to a doctor for that. Um, She specialized as well in adult in autism and adults. And uh, she was like pretty much immediately was like, yeah, you have ADHD. Like you just you failed this test real bad. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, ended up being also that, um, I'm on the autism spectrum. So, wow, go figure like, oh, it makes so much sense. Like the, the Disney hyperfixation, like, obviously I still have it. I just have it in a different way now <laughs> that I'm always happy to talk about, you know, how it made me feel or how I feel now. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I was very, very skinny when I worked there, partially because that's just how I was partially because, uh, when I didn't have enough money, I wasn't really eating anything. So it wasn't necessarily, uh, intentionally food restrictive, but I was food insecure. We'll say that. And, um, now I have all these photos of myself where I'm 19 years old and skinny as a rail. And I'm like, wow, I don't look like that anymore. I'm a failure. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm happy and I eat food. That's a good thing. So trying to like reframe that has been really difficult that like uh, I, I know somebody will be listening to this and be like, you know what? No matter what she says, I still want to work there. I want to be a Disney character. But 
and I can't change your mind because nobody could have changed my mind no matter what. And you'll think that would, well, that wouldn't happen to me. I wouldn't be like that. And I thought, I thought I got out of this without any body image issues and all my other coworkers, almost every single one, we have like a private Facebook group. Everyone has body image issues. And I thought, not me. Mm, Nah, they were just delayed. Got them now. Got them now. They're still from that job. My entire concept of beauty and what looks good is dictated by that. And that even though I would never in a million years go to a Disney face character audition again on bad days still, I'm like, I would never get picked. Why, why would I, why do I even care about that? So I changed my own narrative. I volunteer with kids. Obviously, I make the TikTok videos. I have cosplays. And all of my cosplays c- can go up to like a size 20 because I don't care what somebody looks like. Uh, if you are the best person for it, if you are the best person with kids, you're the person that's going in my costume. Because at the end of the day, look, I love kids. They're smarter than you give them credit for, but they're looking at the dress and the hair and the makeup. They're not looking at the size of you, how tall you are. Nope. You put the outfit on, you are Cinderella now. That is pretty much it. And I wish that we would go in that direction. Um, So just kind of, you know, realizing those things about society and like getting more comfortable with myself of being like, oh, you know, my autism was probably kind of hurting me in this regard that I was so obsessed with this job that wasn't good for me makes it kind of easier to look at that stuff. Um, Of course, the irony here is that my like TikTok video with like 13 million views, which is the story of how I made a lady cry by accident. Um, Kind of the reason that video popped off was everybody like fighting in the comments, either saying like I was very, very funny or saying that like I bullied an autistic woman. And I was like, but I didn't know I was autistic when I posted that video. (laughs) So it's kind of funny because everyone's like, you know, she blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you know, technically, I maybe I did misread that woman's cues. Uh, but you don't really read a whole lot of cues, honestly, when you're a Disney character, because it's more like a pattern recognition. Like, everyone's pretty much doing the same thing. So uh, I thought she was doing what everybody else was doing. Maybe she wasn't. I don't know. But anyway, I still think she was being a Karen, frankly. I don't. I don't actually think it had anything to do with anything else but uh because she did try to get her meal for free after that (laughs) um so gosh i'm trying to think what else yeah twitch i stream on twitch i want to start a youtube channel talking about this kind of stuff because clearly i'm very very passionate about it right like i want i want people to be able to have those resources and cast members can't speak out for themselves they can't but i want them to be able to know that one there is life after disney People joke around that it's like an abusive relationship, but it kind of is. Uh, Not kind of, like it is, because you convince yourself that like this is the best that you'll ever deserve and that like you're not going to be able to like do any other jobs and no one will want you. And you also think, oh, if I stay a little longer, it'll get better. It'll get better. It'll change. And it doesn't. Um, But there is like life on the other side of that. And so like I want to be able to, to represent that, that like I'm a happy person, but also for people that want to work there to be able to have like an honest non um, clouded view of like, what is the audition process? Like, like, would you recommend it? And I tell everyone again, no regrets. Uh, It did make me who I am. So I can't imagine 
and my life had gone a different way, I don't know what, what that person would even be like. But I do say like, if it was, if in 2022, there's no reason to audition to be a Disney character, in my opinion, like a meet and greet character. If you're a singer or something like that, that's different. There's no reason to do it because you can get a beautiful costume for under $300 on the internet. There are people on Etsy that make wigs and you can do everything on your own terms and not mess with your perception of this thing that you love, this place you want to go or your own body. You can do all of those things on your own. In 2012, obviously cosplay existed, but not like how you can get costumes now. So the only way I could be a Disney character if I wanted to be one was if the park hired me. And it's not like that anymore. So just don't, don't. Honestly, my advice when people are like, what's your Disney audition advice? It's, it's mainly don't. Um, because you, th- you think it won't get to you, but it will. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitch. And I make TikTok videos. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like forgot everything about myself because I'm now and just clearly my brain is in the like, make sure everybody knows everything about Disney space. This is why I need to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) Yes. Well, well, at the end of all my episodes, I do ask my guests a random question. So leave the Disney universe space. Um, And my question for you is if you could, what word would you eliminate from the English language? Ooh, um, gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, like immediately my first thought was like a slur. <laughs> and then I was like, which one would I get rid of though? And then I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know if any of those are, hmm. Eliminate a word from the okay. What would yours be? What would yours be? Now you have to answer it <laughs> so I can think. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like a, a slur would probably be a good answer. Um, but also I think they should just not be used in general. So why waste completely eliminating a word from? Yeah, um, I guess because people like that would just find like a new word, mm-hmm. a new word to use. Yes, yes, just don't use them at all and you're fine. Um, and it only eliminates the word. It doesn't eliminate the thing. I mean, it's, it's in theory, it's (laughs) magic. So if you wanted it to also eliminate the thing, you could do that. I mean, then, then I would probably pick cancer. So sorry to all you astrology kids out there, but I guess the word cancer is gone now. (laughs) You have to pick a new astrology sign. Sorry. (laughs) Got rid of all versions of cancer. All right, that brings this episode to a close. Of course, I will be leaving links in the description for Melanie. You can find her pretty much anywhere on the internet um, at Magical Girl Melanie. But if you'd like to physically click the link, that will be in the description as well for TikTok and Twitch. And if you'd like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description. That brings you to all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, you can do that as well. There is a separate link in the description for that. And if you would like to share your story on this podcast, feel free to send me an email that is also there in the description. So thank you so much, Melanie, for spending time with me today. And to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.